Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. Queen, love loves. Hi everyone, welcome back to Aziza Love Loves. And today my guest is Isabel Martin Ventura. She is an author, conscious living coach, and energy healing practitioner. So welcome, Isabel. Thank you so much, Aziza. I'm happy to be here. Yes. So I know that you help people connect with themselves and on a deeper level. How did your journey lead you here that this is now a part of your life's work? No. How long is this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see. In a nutshell, I guess it started uh, back in uh, 1997, I want to say, and I have a family member who lives in South America, and sort of the joke is that she really, really likes to sleep. So she called me at 7 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday from uh, Colombia, so I knew that something was serious. And she Mm. just suggested, she's like, there's this class, you have to go take it. And I said, okay. And that was my first energy healing class. And I remember standing, you know, we were paired up in groups and the person in front of me was supposed to imagine pushing somewhere on my body. And I was supposed to just close my eyes and just be receptive. And I remember feeling as if somebody pushed me on my forehead with such strength that I almost felt back. And uh, when they went around and said, you know, they asked the woman what she was imagining. And she said she was imagining pushing on my forehead. So for me, that was that, you know, proverbial aha moment where I was like, wait a minute, there's something, there's something here and I need to figure that out. And that was the beginning of my journey that, you know, led through a lot of, you know, exploration and energy healing and, and just really going within and discovering more and more of who I was and who I am. And in that process, part of that was sort of knowing and having that ability to help others do the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that connecting with yourself is important. It's something that I talked about when I first started the podcast and I was just speaking so low before I started having guests on to interview because that was definitely a part of my self-journey process, just getting to know who I am. And so I definitely know that it's helped me. Is there any way that you can describe the benefits of discovering sort of healing and and kind of like, I I looked at your website, one of the things that you said is consciously living who you are. What are some of the benefits that people can get from that? Well, you know, that's really the reason why we're here, in my opinion. You know, we're here to discover who we are and to unleash that and let that, you know, flow from ourselves into the world. That's sort of the reason that I think everything is here, right? Whether it's a bird or a tree, it's here to fulfill um, its essence, what it is. So getting to know who we are means discovering our truth. And until we can live in alignment with that, until we can live who we are, we won't experience happiness you know when everybody's looking for happiness i think people are just looking to to live in alignment with their truth with their essence 
And until we, you know, are brave enough to go there and to, you know, see beyond what is expected of us or what we've been taught to go into those places and really pull that back, we, we won't be able, regardless of what's out there, you could, you know, be rich and, and have all those things and the family and everything that society says we're supposed to be happy with. But until we live our truth, that will not be fulfilling. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that living your truth is definitely different for each person. It's such a personal journey. And honestly, when I was going through that process, it was something that was scary for me. I've honestly never experienced energy healing. Mm -hmm. And I am curious just to know more about that process. Like, is it always kind of the same? When, I, when you mentioned your story uh, in the beginning, I was picturing like Reiki. Is that what was going on when you were attending what your cousin had recommended you to go to? Well, this particular class was a form of energy healing called pranic healing. Okay. And so there are a lot of different, you know, modalities or names assigned to, you know, energy healing a lot of energy healing techniques but basically in energy we are energy we're this body which is matter but that's a, a you know a form of energy in terms of if we go deeper into it and we look at the, the atomic level the quantum level we're basically energy and treatments like acupuncture let's say are working with meridians and working with energy within the physical body and beyond the physical body is our energetic field. People may have heard of the word aura, which is the energy that's beyond that. So in, in terms of energy healing, it's sort of facilitating. Energy can get blocked. Energy can flow faster than, you know, optimal, slower than optimal. And there, there's so many, you know, thoughts are energy. Our emotions are energy. So in energy healing, it's it's helping to facilitate a balance, helping heal wounds. And a lot of times when I see clients and and even if we're not talking, tears may come to, you know, to the forefront or even after, you know, sessions for days or weeks after things will, may come up. You know, I had someone call me and say, you know, I'm, I'm at the job and I had to go to the restroom and he's like i never cry and i'm starting to cry <laughs> why yeah. so when you when you move energy when we repress emotions when we repress thoughts and energy is gently moved out if it's that energy of emotion it might come out as an emotion right or it might come out as a memory so basically it's helping to and, and i think i just want to make it clear it's not that the practitioner is using their energy you know the healer is within we all have it's it's more of someone that helps facilitate the individual coming to terms and healing themselves. And the energy is not the practitioners. It's sort of, you know, in Reiki, you mentioned Reiki, which is universal life force energy, intelligence, life force energy, right? It said that the energy flows through the practitioner to the client, to those areas that are needed. So there's this universal intelligence that we sort of channel let's say and i'm glad that you said that the energy is within because i know that was a misconception for me it that way i really did think of you know the practitioner using their energy and there were concerns about like this transfer of energy and if i'm going to someone whose energy is not 
as positive and how that might impact me. So it's really about internally what's going on with you. And it sounds more of a guidance from the practitioner. Well, you know, like anything, I, I think there, and, and, you know, I would say like almost like a word of caution that you know, there are individuals who practice and, and it's like anything, you know, you'd have a lawyer that's not ethical. You could have a doctor yeah. that's not ethical. And so an energy healing practitioner is no different um, that, you know, perhaps because people go and are not familiar but it, it's important that the person, you know, what does your vibe tell you? What's, you know, how do you feel this connection? If something feels off, regardless of what the individual is saying, and that, you know, you have to honor your intuition. That's, I think, the greatest, one of the greatest gifts that we have as human beings is, is having that intuition and, and being brave enough to listen to it. And if it doesn't feel right, then you're probably right. <laughs> That's very true. And I thank you for that honest answer. And so, when people, let's say if they wanted to explore this more, would you recommend that they first do kind of an over-the-phone consultation? How does that, that work so that they make sure or, you know, can follow that instinct of if this is a good match for them? Yeah, I mean, you should always be able to speak to the person over the phone and they should be able to answer any questions that you may have. And also, and, and as you said, you know, there's that resonance that that matching between the two of you and and i would say also you know take a ask them how long they've been doing it you know what training have they had how many clients have they seen and, and it's really about how you know how you're feeling are there you know testimonials are there people that that are saying that they have a beautiful experience with them and it's always you know and, and usually when the person is ready <laughs> the energy will find them that's so true. Yeah. So it's it's like anything. Whenever we're ready for something, I often tell people when they show up at my door that you know I'm an illusion. <laughs> it, <laughs> I'm, I'm an optical illusion. It really it's not about me. It's the person with themselves in the room. I think you know keeping that in mind, not to place you know so much power in the other. Really, you're there for someone. Ideally, to hold that space for you to hold sort of that sacred space where you feel safe to be able to explore like these other aspects that perhaps we need a little support with. Yes. I think that that safe space is very important because I think that sometimes the hesitation is in regards to what the other person might try to impose on you. You know, you might have some sort of doubts about, are they going to try to tell me that I should do X, Y, and Z? And there's, there's embarrassment sometimes because I know for myself, I'll speak for me. I know that when I was going through the, this, this point in my life where I wanted to explore and get to know myself more on a deeper level, it was because I had had enough of the way that my life was going. I just felt like I was going down a path that wasn't taking me anywhere, but just, you know, further into darkness. And initially, I was so fearful of talking to other people because I was kind of ready, but not, I was kind of like in that pre-contemplation stage, if, if, you know, so to speak. And so, like you said, when I, when I really got there, it, it was like, it's almost as if you start before you even you get to that person. That first step is before that first meeting because now your mind is there, your heart is ready, 
you're all in for it. And so being able to feel safe and comfortable with someone and also just feeling that they're non-judgmental because you don't even have to speak to feel like someone is judging you. Right. You know, you, you just pick up on that, like the energy as we're, we're speaking about. Yeah. So go ahead. I, I don't know if you're going to say anything to that. Yeah, no, yeah. That's so important that, you know, the other, and, and like I was saying that the, the person that's there and, and regardless of it's an energy healing practitioner, or if you're going to a therapist or if you're going to yeah. a coach, whoever, you know, is there in a supportive um, manner that you feel like, and that's what we talked about that sacred space. Like you're there with yourself and you need someone to sort of hold that space. And, and no one really knows more than you do about the truth of who you are. Sometimes we just need, you know, that mirroring or that safety space for us to, because, you know, sometimes we have those nooks and crannies that are painful to look at that shadow side of us that, you know, a lot of times we don't want to look at, but we have to look at because that's, where our wound is, where our healing is. And sometimes we need that other one to help us in that process. But you're, you know, if, if anyone is saying you should do this or why did you do that? That's your cue to run, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And so in December, you wrote a blog post and it was called Finding the Answers. So I believe in there you said, I'm trying to like jog my memory. What <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was about, I know that there was a, there was this, a question on there. You said that the question is not, how do I, but rather who am I? I knew I would remember. And I, I loved it. And if you could just please share like the, the significance of why that is the question for, yeah. for us in, in regards to self-discovery. I think a lot of times we get caught in the, how am I going to make this happen, right? Or even why did it, this become the way it is? Why is it the way it is? Or how am I going to get to, you know, a lot of times it's like, I want to be enlightened. How am I going to get there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, or I want to be able to do this. How is it going to happen? And that there are so many, I mean, there are an infinite number of possibilities of the hows, right? But there's only one you. So if I ask myself, who am I? And who do I want to be? Then the answers are much easier. Because, in, you know, am I being true to myself in this situation? And that's sort of that compass where our own internal compass, um, if it doesn't sit right, then it's not right. Let me parent, you know, put a little parentheses around that, you know, assuming that you're being honest with yourself. And, and you know if you're not being honest with yourself. Yeah. So it's, we are sort of, and we navigate our, you know, everything is not set in stone. So we get to create part of our experience here is to, to manifest, to create the path that we're going to walk on. And a lot of times I think people think there's a path that I have to find. There is no path to find. You, you walk the path, you create the path as you walk. So the who am I is, that's always who I am, is that internal, that silence, that witness. And, and who I want to be in essence is, you know, a lot of times of like what we want that life to look like, but that's not necessarily who we are. So 
It's just listening to that quiet, still voice within us. That's who we are. Again, I, I keep saying brave. I guess that's a theme <laughs> that's coming up today. But being brave enough to hear ourselves, being brave enough to acknowledge ourselves and being brave enough to act who we are, regardless of what the world is saying. That's right. And I think that a lot of that can be influenced from even like your your family system. I speak to a lot of people where culturally they are just expected to be on a certain path. And then there are like conflicts with that. Like then I, I'm fighting against this because my family thinks I should be doing this, but then I don't feel happy on this path. So I appreciate this conversation in regards to just giving people that permission as hard as it may be, especially when it's, you know, within the family system to find yourself and create your own path. I, I just love that and it really resonated with me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that imprint, right? So it's not, it's the immediate family, but it's that ancestral imprint, right? Who came, the grandmother, the grandfather, the great, and, and so on. But if we think about it also, it's so arbitrary, right? Yeah. Who we are, if, if we were, I don't know, I'm assuming you're not Eskimo, but let's say if you and I were, <laughs> are you Eskimo? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Neither am I, but if we were brought up Eskimo, we would be completely different individuals in terms of our beliefs, our customs, our, right? So, right. so all of that imprinting is totally arbitrary to a certain extent, right? Which then we could see the fluidity of, of choice. We can, if it, if it resonates for us, if we love it, if it's in alignment with our soul, our essence, then great. And then if not, then, you know, it's, we need to rethink things. And that's the painful part because we feel we're a lot of times betraying family that supported us, or if not that, you know, it's just scary. Where am I going to go? This is what I know. Absolutely. And so I know that in your, your blog post, you incorporate poetry and I love poetry. Mm -hmm. So what makes poetry such a meaningful way to connect for you? Well, this is, this is another story. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so part along my, you know, since the beginning, sort of the, my spiritual, you know, what got me to this place, part of my spiritual path and my unfolding um, became that I started channeling the written word. So, you know, maybe people have heard of automatic writing. Probably not. It's not that common. But basically what it is, is that I sort of receive information and it's not, it's outside of like my conscious mind. So it's not my mind making up or putting together the words. So all of this to say is that Isabel, my personality, my regular everyday mind is not a poet. But at a certain point along my path, I started to channel and then I started channeling poetry. So it's not a conscious, I, I don't sit down and say, I'm going to create a poem. There's just sort of this fountain open within me that I can just take a pen and a poem will just flow forth. But sort of, I've come to understand the way that sort of my soul communicates more in the forefront, let's say, right? It's almost, you know, it's a way that a part of me speaks that's separate from my mind, separate from my cognition. 
I think I forgot your question. <laughs> no, you did. You answered it. That's what like makes it meaningful because I did see that you you mentioned that like that you were channeling the poetry. So with channeling, do you think that that is something that everyone has the ability to do, or is that just for you know those are like what I like to call special gifts? Because I've never experienced it, but I do believe in it, and I know people that do that, but I've never asked them to do it. Is that something everyone has the ability to do? Well, I think we all have, we all channel, we have the ability to channel in different ways, right? So let's say the artist that creates this beautiful port painting that sort of, you know, disappears like from their minds and then they sort of wake up and look and they've created this, you know, beautiful work of art. I think channeling is just um, whenever we're in flow, you know, we can channel a meal, <laughs> right? right? We, whenever we sort of get out of the way, meaning we, we sort of, our mind is separate from that process, we can channel it and that can be in different ways. For me, it just happens, one of the ways happens to be with the written word. But I think everyone has the ability to do so. I mean, if you just say you decided I'm just going to sit down and just allow whatever wants to come out to come out. You know, I think a lot of people would be surprised of what happens. That would be amazing. I know that what I've been doing is meditating because I'm trying to just, you know, find more of that quiet, centered space. And I like it. It feels comfortable. And I do honestly feel like I have that intuition and just I'm, I'm listening to that a lot more. But I do find that very fascinating whenever someone tells me, speaks to me about channeling. And I know that some people think about it and don't connect it to be as positive. I don't feel that way, though, when people, um, because I know that negative energy exists and I know that people can use things for, for negative ways. But I don't see it that way all the time. There are some people that just don't want to touch that at all like do you come across that in me when you speak to people about channeling honestly i i'm very see a lot of that might be cultural or mm -hmm. like i'm really religious right yeah. so in in more biblical of what sort of is allowed or not allowed um yes. so i think a lot of that you know comes from there usually you know i i don't walk around saying hey everybody <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it, honestly, it took me quite a, while, quite a bit to sort of put it out there from when it started happening because I really didn't understand what was happening. And um, it was sort of, you know, hey, you know, I do this. And like, yeah, okay, lady, <laughs> you know, walk her up. But I think it, it's, it's like anything. It's, you know, whatever the source is, wherever the individual's heart is, you know, sort of the heart is that crucible, that sort of that space that burner and the quality of what flows forth is function of like almost like the purity of the heart and the purity of the intention and then it's just fear you know people are afraid of the unknown it's not quote unquote normal <laughs> no and i agree with you especially when you mention like it's, it's the purity of the heart and that person's intentions because i think that if you have ill will behind anything that you do, that's what's going to, to come out without channeling whatever it is. As you mentioned before, the example with having a lawyer and if that person doesn't have good intentions, a doctor, a therapist, anything, it doesn't matter. 
it's, you know, what's behind that person's intent. So I appreciate that. And so when you, for yourself, as you, you start us off with just letting us know how you got into energy healing, when you started to get a greater connection with yourself, what did you learn about Isabel? That she is fabulous. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, what did I learn about? You know, I, I was, people always said I was an old soul. So I, I think, you know, I came in, if you see pictures of me when I'm like three years old, I have this serious look on my face. Aww. So, um, so I think I've always, there's a part of me, I've always known who I am to some um, degree, you know, that sort of like that started to, that I've always felt that within me. But I think as I sort of walked the path of my life thus far, it's more of an acknowledgement and more of a, a, a realization of the possibility that exists for everyone. You know, it's, it's, we're all on the same <laughs> train and we all have this infinite ability to create we all have that you know divine spark within us and it's you know it sometimes it feels like well this person doesn't seem like they're very involved but really like so almost like i see it as like do you compare someone who's in first grade let's say with someone who's getting their masters one's not smarter than the other it's just a different they're in a different place along the path so i think what i've discovered is it's important to think less <laughs> and love more. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And so do you have any final words or just encouragement? I always like to just have my guests to see any listeners with some words of encouragement for them. Yeah, I would just say just do you, <laughs> yeah. you know, just do you unapologetically, wholeheartedly. We have this life to really enjoy, have fun. No need to be so serious. You can be on a spiritual path and dance simultaneously. I love that. Uh, yeah. Yes. That's like a, a certainly a reminder for myself. Just, And I've been thinking about that a lot lately just because of the things that are going on globally in the world and just it's always that reminder that tomorrow is not promised the next moment is not promised so sometimes when i get caught up i will say aziza do you do you want this to be your last moment yeah. <laughs> and even even yeah. with the i have my two little kids like just you know have fun everything doesn't have to be so serious so yes that's a beautiful message yeah Thank you for that. And how can people connect with you? Well, people can uh, connect with me on my website. So it's just my name, Isabel, I-S-A-B-E-L, martinventura.com. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and all that fun stuff. Okay. Well, Isabel, thank you again. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, Aziza. Thank you. As always, don't forget to spread the love. If you enjoyed the message, please share, like, comment, and subscribe. With love, Queens, Aziza.